Hey, welcome back to We Ruined Everything. I'm Kayla. I'm David. And today we are comparing the different versions of Justice League. We just rewatched the original theatrical version, and once the Snyder Cut is released, we'll watch that too. And then, uh, so this is going to cover a few days for us, but just one podcast for you guys. Yeah, I thought it'd be better to go in with the opinions of the one and the other separated rather than just like in one go. Right. Um, so it's not colored, even though it will be a little bit. But yeah, I'm excited to see the Snyder Cut, and I was less so to see Justice League, the original uh, theatrical, but it wasn't as bad as I remember at the very least. So yeah, we rewatched the original just because it had been a while for both of us. And like you said, this wasn't as bad. Like, I didn't not like it. So maybe I should preface this. <laughs> With superhero movies... I am never like fully loving a movie or hating it. I find most all of them entertaining and about, I don't know, mid-level of excitement for me. There are exceptions, of course, on both ends. There are a few superhero movies that I absolutely love that surpass my expectations that I think are fantastic. Um, And then there are even fewer movies that I think are just trash. (laughs) So... I know there's a lot of hate for this movie. I knew there were parts that I did not like, but overall I I thought it was entertaining. I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, when I originally watched this, I was just really disappointed. And this was like 2017, I believe, when it came out. Okay. Uh, And this is from the most part from all reports nowadays. This is almost exclusively a Joss Whedon product. and Which comes with its own baggage. It does. My critiques of the man himself... uh, I still enjoyed a lot of, I mean, he did a good job with the Marvel movies. Uh, so I, I expected something better on Justice League at the very least, even though I was saddened when Snyder got removed. Remind me which Marvel movies he directed. So Whedon directed first two Avengers movies, and he okay. uh, kind of had oversaw all the movies within that uh, time frame between those two movies. Okay. I think we're going to try to separate art from the artist as much as possible because he has apparently been a terrible director to people he's worked with throughout his entire career from TV shows to this movie included. And maybe we can touch on some of the new stuff that's going on. But I do think some of the artist bleeds over into his art and has a negative impact on it. Um, Not just because of the news, but just because of the kind of person he is. And that can come through in jokes and the way a scene is framed or or something like that. So Uh, Yeah, Uh, I'm interested to see what's different between the two versions and which ones are 100% Whedon and which ones aren't. Having said that, I guess we should start talking about the movie itself. Okay. (laughs) So I guess we'll just start overall feelings. What do you think of Justice League in general? Yeah. 2017. I think it was fine. I think, just like I said, I don't know, it kind of falls into that mid-range of, yeah, it was fine. I didn't hate it. There were some choices I didn't like, but, you know, what movie is <laughs> has ever been made that I'm like, well, I, maybe they could have done something different here. But I, overall, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I Like I said, I hated the movie when it first came out. 
I think I just had it hyped up too much. I I, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it this time. I was like, oh, it's a, a decent movie. It's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, I don't, and I think this kind of movie is not the kind of movie that survives being fine. Uh, you know, like it's such a big tentpole. I guess. I don't know. I could see it playing on TNT every weekend, you know? Sure. It's very years. much. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I see it having a long, actually, now that the new one, the new version's coming out, I don't know if this one's going to be remembered at this point just seems like a special release which is not something that would be like shown on tv but who watches regular cable anymore anyway i mean yeah syndication is a question right (laughs) and if you're gonna have a cult classic movie it's probably gonna be snyder's (laughs) of anything maybe we'll just have to see Um, i don't want to set my expectations for that any certain way either i pretty much we're supposed to be talking about Joss Whedon's what we're talking about Snyder. I pretty much think Snyder's is going to, whatever it is, is going to be a beautiful train wreck or a beautiful, great movie. It's going to be awesome one way or another to watch, I think. Yeah. But this movie, I enjoyed it. I, like I said, I want it more. It was just really a middle of the line superhero movie. Yeah. Because they've been around long enough that we can kind of, you can kind of gauge where on things they sit and it played things too safely. I mean, I would compare it a lot to uh, the Rise of the Skywalker, where it tried to please too many masters that it just didn't have its own voice. It didn't have its own specialness. You know, it's just it was just a movie that got made. I mean, I would not compare. I think these are two very different movies, at least in terms of what I like. Um, I guess a very very simplistic overview of the movie is that there is an invasion. Of an alien species. Whoa, I said that weird. Species (laughs) that is wanting to take over the world for some reason that I don't quite understand. And full disclosure, I was also doing taxes while we were watching this. So I may not have been. It's a good movie to put on the background to do taxes with, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so Batman decides that he needs to gather a team of superheroes to fight this big baddie that is coming. Superman died in the last movie they bring him back to life he uh has a little bit of jet lag after coming back to life but then he he course corrects pretty quickly they fight the bad guy and then they they win and that's kind of all that happens in it right (laughs) there's not really any character arcs or any real storylines going on which i think is a lot of what i've read is cyborg was supposed to have a huge storyline on here and he a lot of his stuff got cut and reshot and again this is the stuff that reports later on that ray fisher who played cyborg alleges but based on past things i tend to to think this might be what happened well and because of his allegations of treatment on set there has been a big investigation yeah so i guess some of the higher ups in this movie because this movie is very is a movie that seems like it was made by committee and one of the things that the committee didn't want they didn't want a problematic black man uh leading the movie So, I mean, Cyborg's character, who is the newest character other than Flash, doesn't really get a lot of character moments, doesn't really get a lot of personality. Which is a real shame because one of the things that I saw in this viewing that I didn't remember from the first time we watched it in theaters, right? We watched it in theaters? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was like, I don't remember going to movies. I think we used to. Um, Oh, the before time when we went to theaters, yeah. (laughs) Was that... I told you, like, I really liked the relationship that they were building up between Cyborg and Flash because they're both young people in general. They're 
both very new to their powers and as I think Flash says to Cyborg at one point, like they were the accidents. They're not some mythological ancient culture gods or anything that already had these powers. Right. You know, Batman's been doing this for a while. And so there was this kind of like camaraderie and kind of buddy brotherhood between those two. And, you know, just Flash being real kind of jokey and then Cyborg being kind of the, the, the quieter guy. Like it's just kind of that classic buddy cop situation going on. Um, and I just really liked the little, the little, they were tiny pieces, sometimes just in the background, but their interactions together. And I told you, like, I thought that like, that would be a great movie to see them together and kind of develop that relationship. And then you told me that, you know, there was going to be a cyborg movie, but now there, or cyborg was going to be in the flash movie, but now he's not because of the the investigation and stuff, which is, yeah, I think DC screwed itself because that would have been a great, I mean, in lots of ways with this movie. (laughs) <laughs> Lots of different. Yeah. They screwed over people and they screwed themselves, which like I said, not getting into that stuff no so much, but I mean, it, you can I'm really sorry. see that in the movie <laughs> itself. There's just a lot of potential there that is squandered mm-hmm. uh, repeatedly. And I don't know if their friendship, you know, I'll be interested to compare it once we see Snyder's. Like, was it there from the beginning? Was that a, a Whedon thing where he was trying to develop their relationship? Yes. Or So I think about a third of this movie is Snyder's uh, original stuff and just to get in more in the weeds here even when Snyder was directing they had Whedon on set to rewrite scenes and even direct some of them from what, what reports say so I, I I really am interested to see what stays what because that that is a really good and in general Cyborg and other stuff that I've seen him on has always been really well bouncing off of somebody mm-hmm. um, uh, Teen Titans back when I was younger I mean I started watching uh, I started watching the season three of Young Justice on HBO Max and bounces off of people really well in that one, too. The other show that we've been loving, uh, Cyborg in, um, Doom Patrol, he's really great bouncing off of people there, too. It's He's a really great – he's really great in teams, but he's also really great by himself, too. And I think that's what makes him uh, yeah. have a, a, a nice feel when you put him with other people, you know? And the way he deals with his grief and trauma is always very serious – and the things that I've seen the cyborg character in. And Ray Fisher really does have, he seems like he has the ability to have those pathos there. He really had a real presence. (laughs) But he didn't get enough, I don't think. Just comparing that to how, you know, Barry deals with his traumas he's been through and stuff too, where he tries to like cover it up by being jokey and light. That was just good. Okay, something that annoyed me though about Cyborg was the way they animated how he would move when he was in full robot form. Like I think they were just trying to do something different, but it wasn't different enough. It had that uncanny. All, yeah, he they had him kind phase of. his body parts almost like in why he was moving. They didn't yeah. move in uniform. He was kind of like all like serpenty too. <laughs> I don't which know. Is, it was which just weird. Sounds cool, I think, but in practice, it just didn't work out, and I, I still have to have it based on the way things move in reality that we're used to. Right. I think in this one, it just was too otherworldly, so the, a lot of the CGI in this is not great. There was some stuff. There was, at one point, there was bug juice that, like, splattered on Barry, and it was just, like, somebody took a lime green highlighter and just, yeah. like, I don't know. It Which wasn't- is weird, because I watched the old Predator movies, and they have that same kind of green goo that looks viscous and real and that was made 20 some odd years ago probably more yeah Ah, 30 years ago holy crap (laughs) (laughs) 
one of my biggest things, a lot of this movie looks like a TV show, like old school TV shows, not like the stuff that we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Whedon's an old school TV show guy. Right before we watched this, I watched a scene from Age of Ultron and it looked cinematic. It looked like a movie. Mm. And I saw Justice League again with you. Uh, and it just looked, everything is blown out. Everything has like this Gaussian blur over it. And we watched it in 4K. Uh, this shouldn't be problems with this stuff. It looked like they had to fix Superman's upper lip and just decided to make everything else I look mean, CG too. Oh my gosh. I had forgotten just how bad that was in some places. That lip is something. It doesn't even look like Cavill half Oof. the time. No. Yeah, it's just bad. So I took notes. It is bad. <laughs> I want to okay. see what you think of the notes. So one of the problems I had was the intro at Gotham City just seemed very, I guess, CW, uh, like the Arrow, <laughs> those type of shows. It seemed very cheap. Where they're very much on a stage. Yeah, it seemed on very this fake roof. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a, it looked like early DC TV shows, not even like later ones. And I thought that was odd. Because this is an expensive movie. What did you think about that whole, even the acting? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, again, it's just one of those things where it's fine. There's nothing about it that is standout great. And in that scene in particular, I don't remember anything that's like standout bad either. I'm just like, uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a superhero scene. And one of the things that scene in the rest of the movies that there's a lot of things where humor is injected where it doesn't necessarily work. Yeah. In other places where it would work, it's not there. It's just this weird pacing and weird, it's just weird directing overall. Yes. I will say throughout the movie, there are some one-liners or quips or whatever that really take away from the weightiness of a fight scene or something else that's going on. And it just completely derails the timing like you're talking about. I love Momoa, Jason Momoa, as much as anyone else. But when you cut away from an action scene just to have him go, oh, yeah, it's just kind of, it's just <laughs> so weird. Yeah. You're like, man, that I was, I can't follow that fight scene now because you just or, took me out of it completely. Or, and this isn't even supposed to be a funny line. But when Superman and Lois Lane are standing out in the field and she's kind of like, like, I get it. I'm going to have to let you go. I wish it was going to take you a little longer to recover, you know, so I, I could have you here with me. And he like looks up and off into the this guy and just says Bruce. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. That scene, I've, I remember seeing in the previews how beautiful that scene was. That they're supposed mm-hmm. to be out in the field, and this one just looked like it looked like somebody went at it on the editing floor and just like turned up the saturation, the bloom, everything else, just like full on a hundred percent. Okay, so you and I disagreed with this part. I did not think that this scene being a little bit more colorful was a bad thing i don't think it was overly colorful i just think they were in the country instead of in a city and also snyder's known for desaturation and so that this wasn't as desaturated it I don't made know. it really apparent that they weren't really in the farm they weren't really outside they weren't really in the film no you're right it did <laughs> kind of look like they were just standing in front of a green screen yeah, those were all plastic uh vegetation Especially when his face is half fake too <laughs> yeah <laughs> it doesn't help the parademons were wasted here too like i in batman v superman they were shown to be like big demon monster things and this one they were things that just get killed real easy originally dark side the, the a devil from dc's pretty much an interdimensional like lovecraftian monster guy was supposed to be the big bad and they changed it to a steppenwolf uh, and made him look too human too he just looks like a giant dude wearing armor rather than like mm-hmm. a demonic monster they come from a hell dimension like that, that, that's all this stuff is left out and i think if you're not familiar with a lot of the lore and canon you're going to lose a lot of that yeah so you don't have a lot of that uh, that to pull from 
it leads us to Steppenwolf too. Like he doesn't seem like that big of a deal. He just seems like some guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I really don't understand why he wanted these mother boxes or the earth for that matter. I don't know. And for such a hardcore scene that they gave the Amazons trying to stop him from getting the boxes. Okay, which is still one of my favorite yeah. scenes ever. He ends up being not that big of a deal. Yeah. I think for it kind of takes away from the Amazons a little bit too. Later on at the at the the end of the movie, the climax, uh, the, they kept shooting away the, throughout the entire movie to this family who's in the middle in this Eastern European country. Yeah. And it, it just kind of ruins the the pacing also which is it does so i like the idea of trying to have like an actual family that we care about so that we can sort of understand the cost i guess of the of humanity or whatever that could be harmed because of this bad guy but i agree with you like the execution of it isn't great Cut away in the middle of the plot moving forward which is what you do on a tv show not in a movie okay one other thing that i really enjoyed was Barry Allen's whole thing where he's scared to fight. And so Batman's just like, just save one person and then you'll know what to do after that. And so that he, you know, in that silo or underground thing or wherever they are where he goes and saves a cyborg's dad and then he starts saving the other people. And then later on at the end of the movie, he goes and he's trying to save, I guess, the surrounding community or whatever. We really only see him save that one family. But like that could have been done better. I really like where that storyline was headed. Like, I wonder again how much of that got messed up in the, you know, in the cutting room floor. And I don't directing. know. If Whedon was writing all of this too, though, you would think it would be more consistent. So talking about Flash, uh, there's a, there's a, in, in the, in the climactic battle, Superman goes in, he comes back. He's, we're not going to touch on a lot of the independent plot points of Superman yet, but mm-hmm. he comes back, they fight Steppenwolf, all of them together. Uh, and then in the middle of it, he just kind of leaves him and Flash to go save people. Yeah. Even though Superman's the person who can fight Steppenwolf, he just leaves. That could have been the, the moment the Flash goes by himself. And it could have been his Quicksilver moment. What, which X-Men movie was it? Was it the it was the one with Apocalypse? Was it that one? Maybe. I don't know. Where he saves them all from the, yeah. from the house, the university. The Xavier Institute's explode yeah. and he goes and saves everyone. When Flash leaves, that could have been his moment to do that in this movie. Because yeah. they set it up at the beginning and said, like, just save one person. This could have been his thing, but instead they, they give it a joke so that Superman's better than him. Yeah, you're right. It was for the joke. Because I think we still could have had Superman's line where he's like, hey, we have to save everybody like the before we actually do what we need to do because they could be in harm's way. And Flash could have said easily, I'm not a fighter. Let me go do it. You take care of Steppenwolf. Or Superman could have given him that responsibility, which too would have been like Bruce Wayne, the whole movie is saying Superman's a better leader than me. Yeah. You could have showed that here. (laughs) Delegate some responsibilities here. (laughs) Talking about Superman, I didn't really like the way Wonder Woman was portrayed when Superman came back from the dead. Uh, He kind of just whooped her really fast. And I'm like, she's half God. You know, if not full God, I'm not really sure what the movie stands on that. I thought that was a disservice to her character. Also, the fact that they try to push this weird romance plot, maybe between her and Bruce, and it just doesn't work. Not in this movie. No, I don't. You can really tell Ben Affleck didn't care about a lot of this reshoots. He showed up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, no. I remember there. reading stories. He was going through a rough time when the reshoots happened. So I mean, that probably had a lot to do with it of too. Of course, like yeah. this Batman is played for jokes, which again is weird for the Batman character. Like we have other characters that can be the jokey ones. Yeah, like you. It's weird to go from a Batman v Superman like Dark Knight Returns, really hardcore, gruff, just grizzled Batman, 
to this old man who complains that, oh, my hip came out, stuff like that. Like, yeah, that's that. Uh, that's just a weird choice. Um, again, like this whole movie just had, it had so much potential and it just, the soundtrack even was very generic, which is weird. It's Danny Elfman. They brought him in <laughs> to do this and it just sounds like everybody else's soundtrack for any other movie. It doesn't sound like Danny Elfman. It doesn't sound like that's what you would bring him in for. This movie was just a whole lot of, it's fine, which... I don't know that I'd recommend anybody watches it again. I think the things that irritated me the first time that really made me remember this movie in a negative light. And then we watch it and I'm like, oh, okay, those things weren't as big as I remember them being, but it still puts like a sour taste in my mouth is all of the, like you were talking about the the inappropriate, like time-wise jokes, but also just inappropriate sexually jokes, like uh, Lois Lane. No, no, no. Uh, like uh, Martha Wait. Clark, Martha Kent, <laughs> whatever her name is, you know, accidentally Martha. saying. Our, how can you forget her name was Martha? <laughs> Martha accidentally calling Lois thirsty instead of hungry. Flash's face being in Wonder Woman's breasts after they just did like this heroic fight scene together. Which is very much like the Avengers when uh, Bruce Banner lands in uh, Black Widow's bosoms too. Ah. See, and that's that's the part where Whedon's grossness in real life bleeds over into the art and just makes a problem. And actually, I don't really believe in separating art from artists, but I've been trying to <laughs> for this review because the way he traded Ray Fisher is like deplorable, too. And I just whatever. But then... Aquaman makes these weird, gross advances towards Wonder Woman when he's trying to deflect, you know, how afraid he is or something like that. And I just, it's small and maybe I shouldn't care, but it's just it, it gross. We don't, even that little bit of ick, <laughs> like if it wasn't there, it would make scenes stronger. So there's a script of Whedon writing, you know, he wrote a Wonder Woman script uh, a while back and it is Ugh, horrendous gross. and it is, it really takes away from Wonder Woman and makes her just a sexual object. I'm interested to see how much of it is still in Snyder's cut, but this movie, very male gazy with, with Wonder Woman, mm -hmm. started off from below, uh, like shots from underneath up, lots of stuff like that. Uh, the way they kept making jokes at Wonder Woman's expense, it was just a very, very misogynistic tone. And she's treated like the, you know... The, the matriarch, like, she's supposed to take care of everybody, too, in this one, which is weird. Yeah. And Batman's the, uh, again, the the doofy male lead who's overwritten and pain and doesn't, and it's just it's just a weird overall tone. Well, we all know Alfred should be the mothering one yeah. of the group. <laughs> Alfred is the, the dad and the mom all mixed in. Yeah. He's he the should, nurturing one. He should be chastising everybody. Just a lot of wasted potential and a lot of weird choices. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I enjoyed fine. it. It's, it's fine. I don't think I like the movie still, <laughs> even though I enjoyed watching it. No, again. and maybe I'd like it a little bit more if Whedon wasn't attached to it. But I don't think I'd like it that much more. It does color uh, how you view, view stuff to know it the does. behind the scenes stuff. Having said that, uh, I guess this is bring this one to an end, and we'll catch you again after this with, uh, and you'll hear it in the same episode. Our review of Snyder. Yeah, it'll be days for us. But uh, I'm excited to see with that one. Yeah. Especially, and we'll probably talk about Snyder's stuff and what happened behind the scenes there too with that one. One week later. So we just watched the Snyder Cut uh, yesterday. Welcome back. Welcome back, I guess. Or uh, thanks for sticking with us. I was saying welcome back to you. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Thank you. You're welcome. It's, it's good to be back. Yeah, we watched it less than 24 hours ago. Yeah. I mean, half that time was just spent watching the movie. Ah, uh, it's not fair. 
<laughs> I uh, so okay. First impressions. Uh, How do you feel? Just I am really happy about it. I I remember when Justice League the the theatrical or is not it's now being known the Whedon cut came out. I was really disappointed. And I and then this movie seems like what I was expecting to see. Uh, the Snyder Cut uh, was, in a lot of ways, it was a really great miniseries rather than a movie. Um, and it goes back to what we said in in one of our uh, episodes. That's I think only up on Facebook right now. Uh, it's a Wonder Woman review, but these longer form TV shows, miniseries, seem to tell superhero stories a lot better than movies do. Uh, and I, and I, and this just, just, yeah, I liked it. Okay, good. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I thought it was good. It was fun. Um, kind of like you, I think it, yeah, a little bit more what we were expecting after seeing like the first trailers years ago it was good. I enjoyed it for me better than the Whedon version, much better. Still some things that, you know, I mean, no movie's ever going to be perfect. So there's still some things here and there where I was like, huh. Okay, interesting. And then plus, this isn't his movie that he was releasing for theaters. This is his movie that he was releasing for home release, knowing he didn't really have any limitations. And so I don't know if knowing that in my head, I also just allow like more benefit of the doubt. I don't know if that's the right phrase to use there. Uh, I I mean, I can see it. Uh, it's, it's, we talked about it a little bit before this, but it is really long. It's uh, close to four hours and there are, there's a good 20 to 30 minutes that could be shaped off without losing anything in this movie. It's weird calling it a movie because it's, it's, it really does present itself as a, as a little, a limited series. I don't know. It has chapters. It has uh clear beginning, middle and end. So th- within those chapters, it's just a really mm-hmm. good, it's re- it's a prestige <laughs> TV show. And yeah. I loved it. it. It's that kind of thing. Like, even though there's, there, even though stuff could have been cut from it, it really does feel like, because this was really a fan outcry and a director who just was given like, Hey, you can release what your vision is. He just kind of went, okay, I'm going to put everything I want to put in there. And I'm glad he did. It is really a cool thing when, especially with streaming service, a director or a production company, whatever, can release a cut of a movie that wouldn't work in theaters in such a way that, you know, because it, it people make a big deal about how it's four hours, but like how many hours have we binged Stranger Things? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, the four hours does not bother me. And like you said, it, it's split up into chapters. So, I mean, you can pause and come back later like you would a tv show or a miniseries or whatever so i mean yeah we've binged tv shows for much longer than four hours i will say this about the length (laughs) it didn't feel four hours to me no i enjoyed it i mean i've seen lots of critiques about the slow motion and some of the acting and stuff like that which i i I don't know i find weird because i don't know i don't feel that way but i thought it went by pretty quick and i thought it was pretty interesting entertaining not interesting entertaining i mean it is interesting but that made it sound weird yeah the word i was looking for i think it went fast because it made sense finally yeah i don't think there were many pacing issues but like you said like i see some areas where like yeah if he were releasing it in the theater like Maybe you would cut the scene or shave the scene a few seconds or something like that. And like that. the whole uh, coda in the Nightmare World probably could have been cut without anybody missing it. There were lots of stingers, yeah. And again, I think that's just because I doubt we're ever going to get uh, a payoff for those things. But I like that. I think Snyder did her interview and he's like, I didn't know how to make this a conclusive ending without changing everything it was. And that's not people didn't want me to do that. They wanted 
me to release the cut that I, the, the movie that I was making, uh, which he did in a lot of ways. And it kind of, I kind of hope Warner Brothers decides to just use this as canon. Uh, you don't even have to pay off a lot of the, the, the things that like the nightmare future or anything like that. You don't have to do any of that, but it really did set up. It leads right into Aquaman, like perfectly. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's going to lead into Flash, especially now that Ben Affleck, I think he's confirmed back. I'm not 100% sure about that. Wait, what happened to Pattinson or is that something completely different? <laughs> so they're embracing the multiverse, even in the Snyder oh, Cut. Oh, okay, okay, he says, cool, cool. Dark side is looking for something that will make them rule the multiverse. So they're they're really leaning into that. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, the multiverse is going to be That's a, a great thing. way to go. Okay. So the first half of the movie was a lot of setting up of our characters and that sort of thing. Scenes were placed we're getting, in such a way where it made way more sense too. I don't know how many times I told you that throughout the movie where I was like, oh, I understand now why blah, blah, blah happens later in the movie or, oh, this makes so much more sense. You know, we got a little bit more backstory for our characters. So kind of let's go through our superheroes and (laughs) kind of talk about their new uh, introductions or whatever. Do you want to start with, um, do you want to just start with Cyborg? So in, in the Whedon review we did, there's an, allegedly a lot of the people in the production of the, of the theatrical um, cut out a lot of people of color. Uh, and you really do notice that in this cut. There's tons of diversity in this, this cast. Much more, yes. And it's jarring to see that and be like, holy crap, they cut entire things, entire people's story, entire arcs. Uh, and Cyborg was really a really great, superhero in this one he is and you know his dad is in the weed and cut but just barely so him and his dad have a bigger storyline his mom was entirely taken out of yeah which is you need her to show where cyborg got his empathy and his kindness right right they really set him up as just a big-hearted kid who's been through some really messed up tragedies and he's kind of a hero for the people it's for the way it's oh like <laughs> so those scenes okay are we doing you go, um, if you haven't watched this already go watch it turn this off go watch it they come back <laughs> um but yeah that that scene where he's testing out his powers and he helps the single mom like be able to survive yeah that is so uh what do i want to say is that the right word? Yeah, it is. Works. It's just such a reflection of what's going on now. And especially after the year we just had and all the ongoing stuff. <laughs> like, it didn't stop at the end of 2020. But I don't know. That hit me hard. I teared up a few times in this movie, which is unusual for me. I think the two that I remember for sure had to do with Cyborg's storyline. So I really, really enjoyed... You know, all of his backstory being put back in the movie, I just think it did a lot for the movie's heart and, you know, just a lot for that character. And I'm so devastated that we might not get a Cyborg movie now with Ray Fisher. This was his first movie. Was it? I didn't realize. I read that today in an article. Hmm. This was his first, like, big movie so i don't know if he did indies that sucks yeah because with all the stuff going on with uh warner brothers and uh lawsuits and stuff like that yeah yeah it's uh it's sad you don't have a lot of uh, black superheroes Mm -mm. that are theatrical you know Mm -hmm. they don't get releases 
Um, I mean, minority superheroes don't really get a huge amount of coverage or release. And to see one so well crafted, played mm-hmm. so well by someone, and yeah. know that that's... I mean, even that is not in theaters. That is on a streaming service. <laughs> even this. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it didn't even... Like, Cyborg Story didn't even get the the kind of... I mean, Black Panther is, is its own yeah. deal when it came out. And, you know, mostly Blade black cast and all of that. Yeah, I mean, he, he was even robbed of of that. Yeah. Well, that's sad. I didn't think about that. Um, but yeah, Cyborg is great. Uh, he's just great in the movie. He, he His role really does seem important, whereas in the Whedon cut, yes. he was interchangeable with anyone else. Uh, you could have just had a, a computer program do his job in that one, which sucks. Uh, Flash is also introduced finally. Yes. Uh, I like that they kept the comedy in. I liked that there was more comedy with him. I have read several reviews where people hate his jokes and his one-liners and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, why? I was Barry's also a kid, like, who is trying to hide what his family's been through. Like, I think behind humor. At least that's my. He's very awkward and like when he gets and, uncomfortable. Yeah, it's humor. Yeah, and I think it's funny. And I don't know. I I liked his character even more. Yeah, and they finally give him. I know we mentioned this in the in the Wiener one, but they finally give him a hero like arc. Like at the end. It was so much better than Whedon's. Yeah, Whedon's made him a joke. They kind of use Flash as a joke character to kind of boost Superman's uh, profile at the end on on the Whedon cut. And on this one, they really did let him be a hero. Let him, I mean, he gets, he's scared of his powers in this one. Yeah. You know, I I liked his story in Whedon's for the most part, the the bigger story in it, you know, where he's not a fighter. And so Batman tells him, just save one person and then just you'll know what to do next. And so he keeps saving people. And at the end, he saves people and whatever. So it it seemed like they were trying for something good there. But (laughs) his story in the Snyder version is so different and bigger and just more meaningful and, again, more heart, more emotion to it. Um, I just don't know why you would have cut that out. I have no idea. Yeah, I, and they cut out a lot of the gross stuff with Barry. Most of it. And then Snyder put in a weird scene where he's all touching this girl he doesn't know as he's going full speed and, like, He's like tucking a piece of her hair behind her ears. That's the only thing where I was like, "Ooh, that's a little weird." I might have missed that. I think I was looking more at the at the hot Him dogs. Getting the hot dogs, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, I it made me cringe, but other than that, I I really loved everything about um, Barry. Just to say it out loud, it, they cut out the Whedon joke of a man falling on a woman's bosoms, and so that it's a segue to Wonder Woman who's not super sexualized like she was in the Whedon cut. Right. She's presented as like a strong hero. Right. Most of the weird flirty scenes that Whedon added were removed. Like there's one kind of cute joke flirty scene where Batman is super awkward where they accidentally like touch hands or whatever. But then like they don't keep playing that up like she is part of the team yeah it really seemed like it was he didn't want to do that and he was like crap okay no like he wanted to treat her as an equal sure maybe i mean i think he's a little in awe of her oh sure yeah (laughs) i was really disappointed in wonder woman 84 that she just wasn't 
presented like as heroic and as strong as she could have been. And I feel like on this one, her intro seems a little tougher and a little. She just yeah, the the way she protects the people there is awesome. Like everything about her is really like. I know some people might have problems with her killing a bunch of dudes who just gunned down. 15 people. Yeah, why? I keep reading that. Is she like supposed to not kill people in the comics or something? Oh, no, she kills people. She's straight up. She's, so why are people upset about that? I think it's just a lot of people who have an idea of what characters are rather than like actually know the characters who all mm-hmm. tend to have a lot of these, uh, these these problems or they know a specific version of the character. There's just so many revisions and like retcons that it's hard to keep track of even if you are a fan of stuff. Yeah. It's always trying to let movies be their own version if I yeah. can. But like, yeah, Wonder Woman is great and she's... Again, going back to Wonder Woman 84, Gal Gadot does a good job playing her on this. Oh, in the Snyder Cut. In the Snyder Cut, rather than Wonder Woman 84, she's kind of flat and boring. Yeah. And it's just weird. Yeah. No, and I enjoyed, we got more of her story and she was figuring out what was going on. She was kind of doing like the detective work and and all of that kind of stuff. And we can talk about the mascara in a second if you want. There is... Even though I liked all of the scenes with Wonder Woman Mm -hmm. this time around, I do hope eventually in the movies, and maybe this is just me being nitpicky and feel free to like tell me that I'm overreacting, but I hope we eventually get away from the trope of Diana always rescuing children and particularly little girls. Mm. Like I know... Almost all superheroes, there's there's probably a scene that you can name with like a superhero and a kid or something. But I feel like Diana is always rescuing kids. <laughs> it's just, and maybe it's because we just watched 84 and it happens at least twice in that movie. And then, it, you know, it's kind of her intro scene into Snyder's Justice League and, and Whedon's for that matter. It's not a bad thing, but like compared to like uh, Aquaman, who his intro story is he's feeding a a village, a small fisher village of people who are poor and, you know, need that to survive. He is also saving children, but there's not as much emphasis on Aquaman saving a kid. I don't know. This is maybe just me looking too much into it. Yeah. um, I just, I wonder what came first. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Um, Because, you know... A lot of this got cut, and I wonder if that was almost a nod on Wonder Woman 84 to the original. Who knows? I I do not. So that leads right into Aquaman is a way better characterization in this. Yeah, his personality is completely different than it is in Whedon's. He's not like distrusting, paranoid guy. He's... He cares about Cyborg. He does care. He is standoffish still, but he's not this kind of jokey jock guy that he was in the Whedon cut. Yeah. Which... I was trying to go along with, I'm like, okay, maybe him and Flash are like the comedic whatever, but I don't know. There's just more depth to him in this one and I appreciate that and I am glad all those stupid jokes where he starts hitting on uh, Wonder Woman were We're taken out. And uh, I guess, so Batman was the last uh, main character who is way better in this one. He's he's the Batman who beat the hell out of a whole room full of guys in Batman v Superman. I mean, not only that, but we actually get Batman. Yeah. It's not just Bruce walking around being weird. <laughs> like he's he's the bat flick that I like in what is it, Batman v Superman, where he go at the beginning of the movie where he goes and he runs into the cloud of dust because the buildings are falling and that is a scene where he saves a little kid. He's there to help people and he's going to run into the danger and like I don't know. I just felt like we kind of got back to that Batman and I like it. Yeah. And he beat the hell out of some parademons, which of course he would. He'd be at least be able to hold his own against one or two, maybe three of them. And he does. (laughs) You know what? 
I didn't see him like grab his side once and be like, oh. Yeah, they, so the Whedon cut really did make him just an old man who is comedy relief. And that's not the Batman that this universe introduced. Say what you will, whether you like it or not, but that there's an incongruity there. Mm-hmm. It was jarring when I first saw Justice League and see him just be... He pretty much played the role of Alfred in Whedon's cut. Mm-hmm. And in this one, Alfred gets to be the old man fuddy-duddy <laughs> like it's supposed to be. Which I appreciated. I thought it was funny. Yeah. I, there's, yeah. There's, of course, issues with Jeremy Irons, but I, his Alfred is pretty yeah. good. And Superman is, is still Superman. It's not weird lip Superman anymore, which oh, is thank good. Thank goodness. I knew I was forgetting somebody. <laughs> I was just like, wait, we have another. He is brought into the movie towards the end like you should like it should be because he's the the deus ex machina um it does hint at him becoming a better superman too in the future like the superman that we all want him to be who knows if that's uh, that'll ever happen now too but uh he had the the black suit yeah which is great i think overall it it was just a really good team flick because they all worked together really well when they did bringing him back to life made so much more sense in this version too than it did in the first oh, yeah. version yeah throughout this movie you're just gonna have stuff where it's like oh this actually makes sense i could see why the characters decided on this rather than like why would they do this okay whatever like you, it, there's a, there's a through line there and i just thought maybe my not understanding whedon's version was because one you know, when we originally watched it, it was in the theaters. And so that's a long time ago. And my brain doesn't hold information that long. And then when we just watched it a few days ago, I was doing taxes and I was like, well, maybe I wasn't paying attention. But like, I would ask you, I'm like, oh, I understand now. I was like, wait, was this in Whedon's? And I just didn't pick it up. And you're like, no, no, this wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and that happened over and over again throughout the movie. So Themyscira was way better in this one, I thought. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed what they do with Queen... Hippolyta? 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 Yeah. Um, I always like when they have, especially if you're going to have scenes Hippolyta? where like... Now I'm not sure where to put the emphasis. Uh, the Queen of Themyscira uh, is... They still have that scene where all the Amazons are... And it's even more heroine, the way they're fighting Steppenwolf here. His story has changed in this one, whereas he's not just a lecherous old dude who's trying to take glory. He's He wants to go home, and the only way he can go back to his home is by proving himself to Darkseid, who's introduced in this. So it gives him an animal edge. Like, he's willing to die for this. Uh, he doesn't care, which I think adds so much drama to it also. Um, but the, the, the Amazons fighting him, that whole scene where they're sacrificing themselves is so much better here. And to see the queen take moments throughout all of it and hate that this is happening, even though she knows it has to happen. That's always great when you see a leader in this kind of things, like actually take stock at the people who are dying for this goal. Yeah. Uh, and that added a whole bunch to it. No, I agree. Dark side introduced, who's doesn't have a huge presence in the movie, but when he's there, what's there is really great. Again, it just made more sense. Made Steppenwolf's motivation make sense. By the way, his, just his character design so much cooler, so much uh, gnarlier. I don't know what to say. And his beastial. armor was cool, and yeah, and I, he just had so much emotion in his face and stuff. I don't know. Steppenwolf was a lot cooler. Yeah, everything <laughs> was movie. just a lot cooler and a lot better. Yeah. If you enjoyed the Whedon cut, you'll I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy this one too. If you didn't enjoy Whedon cut, there's a good chance you might enjoy this one way more. And one of the nitpicks I had of the Whedon cut was Danny Elfman's score, which was kind of by the book. And I thought the score in this one was way better. They have Wonder Woman's theme a whole lot of times that yes. even her second movie didn't even have. And no. 
they had a new version of that theme that played throughout her scenes. And it's really, it's really great. I mean, everything in this movie, it's a good movie. It's an, you enjoy it, even if it doesn't become one of your favorites, I think. Yeah. Can I just say how excited I was to see my dude Martian Manhunter oh, in yeah, this? Oh, yeah, Martian Manhunter's in it. Yeah, John. <laughs> that just made me so happy. I You had accidentally spoiled that for yourself. I didn't know it was coming, so I was really happy to see him. Even though I do wish Martha had actually gone and talked to Lois. <laughs> whatever, that's beside the point. I was really excited to see him in the movie. I hope they continue the series, whatever they decide to do with this movie, rather than the theatrical cut. I would even assume more people are going to watch this version than have watched the theatrical, or even remember the theatrical cut. Yeah, and, and all in all, I really enjoyed this movie, and I, I really liked it, and I think... This is a movie that's worthy. It, it has beautiful filming. It looks epic. It looks like what a Justice League movie should be. It got rid of that weird red glow. Yeah. I mean, everything is just leaps and bounds better. Even the 4-3 aspect ratio, I thought, worked for this. I didn't even notice it. Yeah, you. Freak- I noticed it the first five minutes, and then I just didn't. Uh, and everything looks great. And it made me wonder, like, oh, man, are we missing out on old t- TVs? I don't think we are. But... <laughs> really? <laughs> But I, I I would, if you enjoy superhero movies, if you if you like DC, I mean, watch this movie. You owe it to yourself. I mean, do you want to talk about Joker's scene at all? I mean, we can talk real quick about, it's just, it's not important. I, I will say that the, the line from the trailer, we live in a society, is not in the movie at all. I think that was recorded. Spoilers. <laughs> I think that was specifically recorded for the trailer, and I love that idea. I think that's great. <laughs> that makes it even better. The whole nightmare scene... I mean, it works as a after the credit scene if it was in theaters. Yeah. It's not important. It doesn't add anything to the story. It could have been cut. I think it was fan service. I think even Snyder has said he just wanted to have the Leto and the Affleck Batman and Joker meet finally. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Leto, but he's also kind of, of a creep like Whedon. But for the movie, it was it, it worked. Uh, it just wasn't important to the story. I like the movie. I really I really think you should give it a shot if... Even if you put it on in the background. Definitely worth the watch. Yeah. Turn it into like a mini series if you don't want to watch all four hours, you know, in a row. But you're probably going to want to. <laughs> so make some time too. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Go watch it. You'll love it. Uh, Weed and Cut. Who gives a crap? This is, this is going to be a long episode, I think. You got anything else you want to add? Wear your mask. Yeah, wear your mask still. Even though things seem to be getting better. it's We're still not quite out of the woods yet. Just take care of each other. Stay safe. Catch you next time. Bye.